Amen. Thank you, Platform Workers. Thank you for your generosity this morning. Amen. We had a great outreach yesterday. Got to get a couple testimonies on that. Uh, Diane, if you can come. Ricky, you can come. Uh, we need a couple of testimonies. Give them a hand this morning. So when we left for outreach yesterday, it was hot and it was humid. And I, I didn't feel like going. I was like, it's hot, it's humid. But as always, when we take what we want, we put it aside and we do what God wants, he moves. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, there was two people saved on outreach. Um, I, there was, a, I'm not sure who the second one, well, yes, I do. So there was one both sides of the street. People were crossing, the, we were crossing streets to, to reach the people that were just standing there. So we were able to pay, pray with two people. There was a woman that came up. She had seen one of our signs, and she's like, I want to be part of that. So she and her family came over. They were holding signs wow. and, and helping us out and stuff. But, you know, it just people were honking their horns and waving at us. You know, it, just, it was a day that made it worth putting aside how we felt in order to go out and preach the gospel. Amen. Amen. Uh, for those that don't know me, my name is Ricky. Um, so uh, outreach yesterday was incredible, as it always is. Every weekend we've been going. Uh, man, God has been moving in this, you know, this city, uh, in this church. Uh, God has been giving us favor. Um, it's just some, something about going out there and, you know, just evangelizing, uh, you know, street preaching, setting, you know, uh, getting dominion in our city. You know, God has just been moving. Uh, you know, like uh, Sister said, every outreach we've been getting a soul saved, uh, added to the kingdom. You know, God is moving right now in this time. You know, we've seen a lot of things going on. Uh, so right now it's critical for us as a church to go out and, and tell people about Jesus. Man, it's it, people are, are lining up to, to you know, want to uh, uh, give their lives to Jesus, you know, but how are they going to do that if they don't hear the gospel? So we got to go out there and do our part. So, uh, you know, I encourage y'all next time, you know, uh, if, if you didn't make it, you haven't been making it, man, it's been, it's been stirring uh, the church up. Uh, you know, if you feel like there's something missing or something like that, or you feel stale, uh, uh, outreaching, you know, uh, all this stuff is part of our DNA as a Christian. You know, part of, you know, reading, praying, all that stuff, outreaching, evangelizing is part of our, our, our DNA as a Christian. So I want to encourage you, uh, go out here, you know, uh, join, you know, join arms with us, and, and you know, let's, let's win this city for Jesus. Amen. Amen. I heard they got video of Bob preaching. Yesterday is street preaching, so that's encouraging. Hallelujah. Get your Bible, Matt, or uh, Luke chapter 16. Luke 16. You know the story there. You know where I'm going. Uh, Luke 16. This morning. I want to preach on eternity. Eternity. Uh, Ecclesiastes 3.11. He has put eternity in our heart. In other words, we're eternal beings. Uh, amen. Life doesn't just end with... Uh, here on earth, amen, we're eternal beings. When we die, we will either go to heaven or hell. There's no in-between. There's no staying here. There's no, none of that, amen. We're eternal beings. God gives us a span of time uh, here on earth and then eternity forever after that. So the Bible is God's word and God hides nothing concerning eternity. The word of God speaks very plainly about the topic of eternity. So, if you read your Bible, uh, amen, you come across many scriptures and that talks about eternity. The Bible speaks about heaven being a place of beauty, wonder, magnificence, filled with the glory and wonder of God. Revelation 21 said the foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. Talk about the city in heaven. The 12 gates were 12 pearls and the streets 
of the city was pure gold. The city had no, no need of the sun or the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated uh, it. Uh, the Lamb is the light, verse 22. Speaks of a river of water of life, crystals clear, proceeding from the throne of God, and the Lamb uh, in the middle of the street, and both sides of the tree of life. So that's gives us a picture of having one glimpse. So God doesn't hide that. God says, listeners, the eternity is a heaven to gain. Uh, this is a small picture of what's going to be in the city. But on the other side of the coin, the Bible talks about eternity and hell in the lake of fire as well. Uh, Revelation 20, verse 10, And the, uh, the devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and will be uh, tormented day and night forever and ever. Drop down to verse 11 through 14. Uh, so the books were open. Every man, every woman... Uh, that did not receive Christ were judged, verse 15, and anyone not found in the book were cast into the lake of fire. So uh, we have both sides there, amen. The, uh, there's heaven, there's hell, both sides, amen. Our text that we're going to read uh, uh, touched on both these issues. The difference of where you will spend eternity is simply what did you do with Jesus? Uh, what did you do with Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the price that he paid, uh, the blood, the sacrifice he made. What did we do with that? Did we believe him? Did we accept what he did or reject it? That's the difference this morning. Uh, amen. It says this in John three thirty six. Who believes in the Son has everlasting life. And who does not believe the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abides on him. So the difference is Jesus Christ this morning. So let's go to our text. Luke 16. We start at verse 19. We have the account of two men, one went to heaven, one went to hell here. Let's read the story together. There's a certain rich man uh, who was clothed in purple and fine linen and frayed sumptuously every day, verse 20. But there's a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores and laid at his gates, desiring to be fed of the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torment in Hades or hell, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Verse 24, Then he cried out and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in these flames. But Abraham said, uh, and like, but Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received good things and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, you are tormented. And besides all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor those from uh, there pass to us. Verse 27, then he said, I beg you, therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that may he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said to them, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, they, uh, but if one goes from the dead, they will repent. But he said to them, If he does not hear Moses nor the prophets, neither will he be persuaded, though one raised from the dead. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name this morning. God, I'm asking you to move and speak. God, make it real to us. God, there is eternity. God, there's a heaven to gain, your presence, your glory, your wonder. 
God, we can be a part of all eternity, the other side. Uh, God, there's a hell for the unbelieving. God, I pray, God, let this make impact this morning. God, give us conviction, give us dominion in Jesus' name. God's people say, Amen. Amen. So I'm preaching on eternity uh, this morning. First, I want to look at voices from hell. Jesus tells of two men's death. One, when the beggar died, it says he was carried away to, by the angels to Abraham's bosom. When the rich man died, he was buried, and immediately uh, he's in hell, tormented in flames. So, story of two men here. Uh, we learn four things about hell from this rich man that died and went there. These are not just fairy tale stories, but these are real events. Uh, and Jesus is telling their story. He's giving you a heads up. Uh, He's given you and I an encouragement. Listen, you can live for God. You can go to heaven. You can make that your permanent place in eternity, the other side. Uh, but listen, if you choose not to serve God, this is the reality. So we see four things. Uh, the first thing we learn about hell is it's a place of torment. This word torment means agony, suffering, torture, pain, anguish, misery, and affliction. You know, we used to make jokes when I was in the world uh, me and my friends say, we're going to hell, have a party. We're going to hell, chase the girls, uh, uh, you know, fornicate, do our thing. No way. We said that out of ignorance. We didn't know any better. Uh, we're just trying to make light of hell. But listen, uh, hell's a real issue. Listen to the words again. Agony, suffering, torture, pain, anguish. Uh, chapter 11 or chapter 13 of Luke, uh, Jesus says a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. Amen. This is a picture of somebody in fear and torment, uh, gnashing their teeth where they can't escape. Uh, they have to endure something hideous. And Jesus gives us that picture of hell, which has no escape. The second thing we learn uh, about hell is you have all your senses that work in hell. You know, people try to comfort themselves. When I die, oh, I just die. You know, they say, oh, they're so asleep. I just kind of disappear. I'll be sleeping on a cloud all eternity. Uh, I'll never wake up. I'll just be in a coma. That's not true. Amen. He died and immediately he has all of his senses at work here. This man could see. He can feel. He can hear. He can speak. He knew his surroundings. Uh, he knew exactly what was going on. Verse 23. Uh, and in hell he lifted up his eyes and cried out uh, for mercy and asked for a drop of water to cool his tongue. How many, how many know there's no water fountains in hell? There's not one drop of mercy going to be found in hell. Here's a man that lived in comfort. Uh, he lived for the world, lived for his money, just lived, uh, had that staple uh, badge on his life. But in hell, there's not one drop of water, there's not one drop of mercy there. Mark chapter 9 said, The ungodly will be cast into hell fire where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Isaiah describes the worm uh, as the dead slain in battle where the worms or maggots feed on the dead bodies uh, and their carcasses are devoured. Isaiah gives us that picture in our text. Uh, uh, the worm, uh, many commentators, worm thinks it's our memory. The thoughts of the opportunities you had to get saved. Uh, every sermon you ever heard plays over in your mind over and over and over. And like a maggot on a dead carcass, those thoughts uh, will eat away at your mind all eternity. You're not going to get away from it. Uh, it's always going to be there. That's the worm that will not die. Your memory will always be there. Uh, again, every opportunity, every witness, every 
time somebody, uh, you know, told you about the love of God, it's going to be there. And listen, uh, Jesus is kind of, he's four times, you don't want to go here. He's saying, listen, do uh, everything you can to avoid this place. The third thing we see, or we learn about hell, uh, from the rich man, there's no escape. He cried out, but Abraham's, uh, but, but Abraham said, between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed. In other words, there's no exits. There's no secret tunnels. Uh, there's no escape. It's for eternity. Uh, uh, once you go to hell, you're there forever. Amen. And Jesus says, listen, uh, the rich man gives us uh, uh, the, the picture here. There is no escape. Mark 5 gives a picture of demons on earth. It's a picture of them. They drove a man to insanity. He lived in a graveyard, ran around naked, cried out, uh, were torment, cutting himself with rocks. Uh, if demons are that cruel on earth, imagine their terror in hell. If demons are that cruel, uh, uh, forcing men to do that on earth, amen, imagine uh, the torture, the torment, the agony uh, of all these demons running around hell. De hell is a place where it's going to be demon-filled, uh, of the agony, the torment uh, that Jesus described are going to come from these demons. We know that hell eventually ends up in the lake of fire, Revelation 20 tells us. The death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. If hell's not bad enough, Amen. It's going to turn into a lake of fire. Think about a lake you're fishing. It's full of water. Uh, once you get in that water, you're, you're totally engulfed in the, in the water. Amen. There's not one part of you that's not touched by the water. This is a picture of the lake of fire. Uh, amen. It's going to be like a lake of water, but fire. There's not going to be one part of you that's not touched by this. And the Bible said forever and ever, all eternity. You don't want to go to hell. You know, that's one thing that helped me get saved. I knew enough about the gospel to know I didn't want to go to hell. And I remember Dennis Wright witness, began to witness me. He said, listen, you know about hell a little bit, right? I go, I, you know, I know enough that I don't want to go there. I've heard enough that I, I, there ain't no way. Uh, and that, that was part of the picture. I didn't get saved out of fear. But listen, that kept me saved a few times. I'll tell you that. That helped me stay saved when I was about to lose my mind uh, a few times to backside to, to go back into the world. Uh, uh, that picture of hell was there. I said, no, no. You know, I changed my mind. I think I'm going to live for God. And that's why it's in the Bible. Because Jesus wants to give us the reality. Uh, we can, none, none of us are going to be able to stand before God and say, well, I didn't know. You know, I, did, I wasn't for sure. I wasn't, uh, no, Jesus said it was in plain sight. Uh, Luke 16, you should have read it. Uh, it was there. Let's look secondly, eternity with Jesus. Verse 22 of our text. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by angels to Abraham's bosom. Now, Abraham's bosom, this is a phrase taken from the practice of reclining at a table at meal, where the head of one lays in the bosom of another, the phrase, therefore, denotes intimacy and friendship. So this speaks in heaven uh, what kind of relationship we're going to have with Jesus eternally. Our relationship with Jesus in eternity 
will not be a distant or remote, uh, but will be one of closeness and relationship. Uh, heaven's going to be a place of relationship with Jesus, uh, with all the people we read about in the Bible, with the church today. Uh, it's going to be a place of closeness. And this is why this picture is given here in Abraham's bosom, because Jesus said, hey, I want everybody to know when they come to heaven, I'm going to be right there with them. We're going to be there together. We're not going to be distant. We're not going to be, you're in your corner. I'm over here. You're not good enough. No, it's not like that at all. Revelation 21.4. Our relationship with Jesus in eternity will be that of closeness. It says that this in verse 4. God will wipe away every tear from your eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. So God will wipe away every tear from your eyes. Uh, then he begins to give the new elements of, of heaven. Uh, that's a close relationship. It's like, have you ever had one of the prayer meetings where you just feel God was there? I mean, it's like you got chills uh, running up down your, you, know, you get goosebumps. I mean, you know God is there. This is the picture. We're going to be so close. There's going to be such a close relationship uh, in heaven between God and us. Uh, it's like a, uh, the meal. You're reclining, eating the meal, and you're laying in the lap of Jesus. That's close relationship. John 12, 2. Jesus says, in my Father's house, there are many, many mansions. I go there to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself where I am, there you may be also. Jesus said, you're going to be right in my own house. You're not going to live in the corner, way out in the woods. Uh, you'll be with me. God's desire is seen in this text, uh, in this reality of heaven, is we're going to be right there with God. Matthew 25, we read the words, well done, good and faithful servant. As good as them words are, that's not the highlight of the scripture. The highlight is found at the end. Enter into the joy of my Lord. Heaven is a place of complete joy. No more sorrow, no more pain, no more death. No, no more. Heaven is a place of completely joy. We don't know that today. I mean, we know moments of joy, don't we? We know moments of where just that peace and that joy just overwhelms uh, and it's good. Imagine all eternity like that. Uh, that's all we know. We enter into the Lord's joy. Amen. Uh, his presence, His power. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. This is the great reward. Amen. For service uh, uh, done here, living for God. Uh, eternal joy like we don't even know. We don't have a clue uh, on what kind of joy, but it will be pure joy. Heaven's full of God's glory and wonder. And we'll always be in his presence, enjoying intimate relationship with him. Revelation 21, 22. John, speaking of the city of God in heaven, he says this, But I saw no temple in it, for Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. Verse 23. The city had no need of the sun or the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated, uh, and the Lamb is the light. Amen. We're totally engulfed in God. Who God is, that we're totally engulfed. Uh, we have church three times a week. Think of it this way. When we worship, we feel His presence. Nothing better than that. Imagine being in heaven where you live in His presence. Imagine living in His presence. I mean, we feel it when we come to church. That's why we have a song service. That's why we worship. Uh, we want the presence of God. We want to feel that presence. Uh, 
But imagine living it 24 hours a day. There's going to be no time. Uh, but for all eternity, we're in his presence. Uh, so Jesus has given us a picture of eternity here. And the encouragement is, uh, listen, make heaven your home. Live for God. Do the will of God. You don't want to miss this place. John said, he's the temple and he's the light. I don't know about you, but I love coming to church. There's such a joy in coming to church. Uh, and we know a little bit about that here. But think in heaven where he is the, he is the church. He is the temple. Uh, we'll always be there. That's not enough. God's going to have us walking around in heaven with crowns on our head. Ain't nobody going to give us a crown here. <laughs> they may give you a pat on the back, say, good job, now get back to work. Come on. But in heaven, God's going to put some crowns. Look at 2 Timothy 4, 8. Finally, there is laid up uh, for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, not only me, but all those who love his appearing. In other words, all that make it to heaven. You've got a crown waiting on you. I mean, that, that's just the generosity of God. That's just the, I mean, if heaven's not enough, the mansion, uh, the place of God, living in his presence, being in his temple, under his light, uh, if that's not all good now, now you're going to have a crown? James 1 tells blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life. First the crown of righteousness, now the crown of life, uh, which the Lord has promised those who love him. So there's two crowns you're going to have. You have a couple crowns uh, in heaven. Uh, again, you know, nobody's ever going to crown us here, but in heaven, two crowns? I have to wear them at the same time. I don't know how we're going to do it, but... First Peter 5. When the chief shepherd appears, you'll receive a crown of glory. Three crowns. That will not fade away. I'm not sure how we're going to wear these. Maybe one on each sleeve, one on our hair, uh, on our head. Uh, uh, I don't know. But I mean, just the thought that God's uh, so excited about us being there and so uh, going to reward us in such a great way. Why would you not want to go there? Not only will you receive a crown in heaven, it gets better, but we get rewards as well. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10. But we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Now the judgment seat is not what we might think it is here. It's not a place of judgment as much as it is a place of reward. Uh, amen. We just did our study on Revelation as the church goes to heaven uh, through the seven year tribulation period on earth. Uh, the judgment seat will be going on in heaven is where you and I stand in line before Jesus uh, and all the things we did here, good or bad, uh, amen, there's going to be rewards given for that. There's going to be honors, uh, amen, every time you sacrifice, uh, be a disciple, you sacrifice, lay down your own dreams uh, to pick up God's dream. God said, I'm going to reward that. And in this line of the judgment seat, that's where you're going to get some rewards here. 2 Corinthians 5, uh, uh, it goes on to say, where God gives each one of us due to him the things in, done in his body. Now, I believe the Holy Ghost put this word in to encourage us. Uh, amen. Because God wants us all to make heaven. You know, it's sad, and I know a few people, it's sad when people backslide, isn't it? I mean, when they... We're saved, redeemed, living for God, but they believed the lie, went back into the world, uh, living in sin, because uh, we know the end of that. And what a sad thing, especially if they end up in hell, uh, 
And that memory of every service, every time pastors say, God loves you, uh, God wants to help you, God wants to, every time a brother, and hey, come over, let's live for God, let's do something. I mean, the memory of that. So look, lastly, let's make it real here. Where are you going to spend eternity? Talked about heaven and hell. One man said this, death is not a subject that we enjoy thinking about, but despite efforts by doctors, rescue workers, and other medical profession worldwide, uh, the global death rate remains constant at 100%. In other words, we're all going to die. The Bible tells us in James 4.14, the life is like a vapor that appears for a little time uh, and then vanishes away. James, or, uh, Hebrews 9.27 proclaims that it's a point that man wants to die, then judgment. Amen. So where are you going to spend eternity? Because reality is, I mean, you look in the mirror, you're getting a little older. I know when you're 20 and under, you think life's going to forever, I mean, you're never going to get 30, you're never going to get 40, you're never going to get 50. But once you start to get a little older, it begins to get a little bit more real, doesn't it? Yeah. You begin to see, listen, uh, maybe uh, I better get serious about this. Now, text here, Lazarus and the rich man both died. One went to hell, one went to heaven. Uh, I mean, there are people... In hell today, think about this for a moment. There's people in hell today crying out to their parents. Mom, Dad, why didn't you teach us about Jesus? Why didn't you take us to church? Why didn't you tell us about hell? Why did you allow us to end up here? I'm not sure what the age is, but there's an age where God says, you're going to hold you accountable now. I'm not sure if that's 12, 15, 18, not sure. I believe that's between God and the man, the woman. But listen, there's accountability here. And I wonder how many uh, people are going to be in hell uh, saying, yeah, Dad, why don't you tell me about this? Why don't you tell me about how horrible and, and give me an opportunity to live for God? There are people in heaven today rejoicing because their parents did tell them about heaven. Because their brethren did love them enough to help them live for God. Uh, Amen. Show them the God's love. Uh, you know, don't put the greatest decision that you ever make on hold. Because your life doesn't stop. With a guy in, uh, in, uh, in uh, Chandler, I don't think he's being insensitive. He's a good man, living for God, but he died in his sleep Saturday night. Kind of shocked people in the fellowship as word began to Get out. I call him, man, what happened? He's young guy. He's in his 50s. You know, what, what happened? Uh, and he went to sleep and just didn't wake up. Listen, life is going to end for all of us. We don't know how it's going to end, when it's going to end, uh, but it's going to end. Men by the name of Gary Hawley died in the building while trying to prove that the glass in the window on the 24th floor of his office was unbreakable. By throwing himself against it, it didn't break, but it popped out of the frame, and he plunged 24 floors to his death. He wasn't expecting that that day. A guy named Paul Sealers and his wife were bored. They decided to curb their boredom by taking a midnight drive uh, with a couple of sticks of dynamite. Their plan was to light the dynamite uh, and throw them out the window and watch the Big Bang. But as a result of their drunken stupor, they forgot to roll down the windows. 
lady in Russia by the name of, I ain't really trying to get the name, a lady in Russia, she's wrongly declared deceased by doctors. And at her own funeral, she's, she wakes up in a coffin and she begins to hear the, the noise, the words. She begins screaming, uh, you know, beating on it. Let me out, let me out, let me out. So they're strong, they're, you know, they're, and then, you know, they get her out, get her back to the hospital uh, where the doctor declared her dead again the second time. Uh, so she did die this time of a heart attack. Point I'm trying to make is uh, you never know when it's going to happen. Don't put off a decision like this. I'm too young. I'm too, I'm just not where I want to be yet. Uh, and people make all kinds of excuses why they don't want to make a decision to live for God. I used to make them. Hey, I'm young. I just want to party. I want to do my own thing. Uh, and we try to avoid, get this out of our mind. But listen, I had in 12th, or when I came out of 12th grade, as a young man, I had seven friends die that one year on me. Suicide wrecks, uh, different things. Uh, uh, tried two friends getting a car wreck, got cut in half. This began to, in my mind, like, God, you know, we can die any time. There's no guarantee on life here. Uh, and Dennis began to witness me. That stuff began to flash in my mind. Uh, and I believe that the Spirit got quickening me in my spirit saying, Listen, Larry, don't play at this decision. The good news is this morning you have time. Well, you should have breath in you. You can repent, cry out to Jesus, and make heaven your home. Ephesians 1 7, in him, Jesus, we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of his grace. But time is the essence, 2 Corinthians 6. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. I wonder how many people put this off to eternity. I, I was, last story, then I'll move on. I witnessed into a guy, say about two years maybe. When this guy grew up, I mean, went to school with him. Wasn't ever friends, but I uh, went to school with him. I knew him well. I'm witnessing to him at a Taco Bell. And, man, him and his brother, they just kept belligerent. Uh, watered my flower, threw it in my face, started calling me every name you can imagine. And, man, you know, I'm a young guy. I was, and, uh, but I said, you know what? Uh, I'm not going to lose my testimony here. But I, told, I remember telling these words, listen, you never know. You never know. His name is Stan. You never know, Stan. God loves you. God's trying to help you. God's trying to reach you. You never know. It was days later. He's going to a Kansas City game. On the way home, Kansas City, drunk. Him and his friend are drunk. Come around the curb. Both of them went to eternity. 18 years old. But, you know, I wonder how many people have been witnessed to. God tried to get them at the last second. Listen, I know what's going to happen in three days. Listen to this man. They said, nah, I'm a little bit more time. Let me close here. Voices from hell. Listen to the words the rich man said. I'm tormented in this place. He'd been there. He is there today. And Jesus highlights this for our knowledge. Heaven's a perfect place full of God's love, presence, and joy. Let that be your eternal home. But you're going to have to make a decision today. Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Listen, I encourage you. If you're not right with God today, make this decision. Pray today. Get your heart right. Let's bow our heads this morning.